I don't moonlight as a rapper. My jersey up too high in the Raptors. I got a prom team, new life and attractive. Who's sipping that moonshine and a flat? Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Moonlighters Club. Say hello to Lay Brown. Lay, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me, Joel. How are you doing today? Doing all right. It's thank you for being on the show. First of all, I know we have someone in common. Good friend of mine, Rashad Sanders. Uh, yeah, I had known Rashad I, six years or so. We met in Boston back in the day. Yeah, funny dude. Good dude though. Good dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Of course, I've known him all my life because he's my cousin, my big cousin, of course. Nice. And I do appreciate him for hooking us up. He's always had my back. Cool. And you born and raised in Columbia as well? Yes, born and raised. Got it. Okay, born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina. My family's from Darlington. That's my mom's side. So my grandmother's from Darlington, and my dad's from Raymer, Alabama, which is like by Montgomery, Delaware. But I haven't been. My wife's actually from Hemingway, so I've been. Oh, okay. to, yeah, I've been. To, I was just in Hemingway last August. I can't remember for her dad's birthday, mm-hmm. but at least once a year we're somewhere in that Charlestony area so yeah okay South Carolina so you're from down south yeah basically yeah. i'm born and raised in boston when we used to go down there when we were kids i'm like yo this is way too many trees because boston's just like all cement <laughs> and we never got to hang out often but the older i got the more i've gotten down there oh so it's cool at least once a year i've been to boston a couple of times my mom lived up there for a couple of years i love it i love the food yeah she actually stayed in salem oh yeah, yeah okay it, so we used to catch the train to boston did you ever go to salem during halloween Yes, that's when I came. Wow. Okay, yes. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy out there, right? It's like it's it, a whole it thing. It definitely is. And we went to this breakfast spot, nice breakfast spot, but they made these huge pancakes. And it's like a thing if you eat it all, your breakfast is free, but yeah. it's so huge and fluffy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Salem's cool. It's a uh, it's I've met so many people. I met people that go there for like wedding anniversaries. <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, we got to see the nice witches." There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but for Halloween, they're like, "Yeah, we got to oh, see the oh, witches." Wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we got to see the witches and all that. I'm like, all right. "I don't know about that." Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, did you you were in Columbia all year like until like- No, I actually was in I moved out of Columbia after I graduated high school. I went to school in Charleston, actually, Charleston Southern, for about a year. And then after that, I transferred to fashion school in Orlando, Florida. Fashion in Orlando. Okay, got yeah. it. Where, when you first got, was it always fashion when you first got to college? Was that something that you always wanted to do? Um, that's it. It was always a passion of mine, but I didn't at the time. I was trying to please my parents at that point. Yep. Because you know, they parents are like, "You need to find a job. Nurses never gonna lose a job." You know th- that that whole speech. Yeah. My freshman year, I really was trying to please my parents, which every other kid does. Yeah. But it just wasn't for me, so yeah. I had to realize that I had to go find what was for me, and so I went thing, to yeah. fashion school. Yeah, it was a good thing you figured out that first year. We probably both know people that. Just kept doing it. I know people have master's degrees and hate everything. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, that's a lot of money, man. That is, <laughs> it's a, and Charleston Southern was a private school, so yep. it's a private Christian school, college. So it's very expensive. Yeah. And so me just going there and not knowing what I wanted to find, yeah. like the experience was fun, but I'm like, it's just that's just not what I wanted to do. Nice. So you went to so when you went to Orlando, what was that like telling your family that you were heading out? Actually, my grandparents were already down here, so it was a plus. They had moved to Orlando right after I graduated high school. It was a plus. They were already down here, so they were like, "Shoot, come on, come home." I guess. Nice. But yeah, that the fashion school didn't last long either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that passion of I realized that I, certain stuff is a hobby, and certain stuff you sh- is a passion, like. You just got to know when to separate 
the two. And I found that out early as well. It's funny you say that. I think fashion is, it's not entertainment, but it's entertainment adjacent. I think mm-hmm. everyone knows just enough. I like fashion, not like high fashion, but like urban wear, shirts, jackets, but I know my place. I'm like, yes. I'm never going to be on the, because once you get past a certain level, I'm like, I can never, I don't know how to do this. I would never know how to keep up with trends, designs and getting in the, it's just, it's a lot. It's really hard. I was in it for three years. Like I, I graduated, I end up, I decided that I wanted to make clothes. I ended up starting a whole business for it, but I realized that I like to make things for me, my design. So I'm like, wait, I don't like designing other people for other people. I just like doing it for me because yeah. it's too much when you start involving other people in your creativity. It's like in your, in my space, basically. It's funny you say that. We talk about that We I, with a lot of other guests I have. What is the bridge? between it being for you but then you selling it to other folks because mm-hmm. whether you're painting writing books like once people start giving you money they can easily go oh i like this shirt but could you make the next one like this or you should do that so now you're like do i do i make the change do i make these adjustments because people that's what people are gonna buy or because so i always thought that was tricky like when what's okay and what's not okay because after a while i do think you're just doing what people want Exactly. And you and that's when you lose it. You lose that passion, that that original passion that you had when you started it. I love fashion. I love everything about it. Since I was a little girl. Like I used to take my grandma's washcloths and sew them together and make pocketbooks. Like I've always been I always knew I wanted to create. But when like you said, when you when it comes down to selling and your customers or your target market coming back to you like, hey, I like this, but can you tweak this a little bit? You start to you start to lose it a little bit. Yeah. And this, hey, I wasn't I was never doing this for that, and I don't have to. I don't have, I don't have to. So you that said, was a choice I made. Was this while you were in school, or you graduated and then went out and started this business? Yeah. Wow. Like directly after. How long did it? For two years, I did fashion shows. I did my own fashion shows. I actually did it up until 2015. Actually. Wow. So like from 2012, 2015, until I I got pregnant with my first kid, my son, I actually did a, two fashion shows while I was pregnant with him, talking about designs and all. And um, yeah, that's when it really started to hit me that maybe I'm, I knew, I always knew I was bigger than that, than just doing that. But I also knew, hey, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Do, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Do you remember that moment? Like I, that's a tough moment. Like for jobs, it's easier. Like when I remember jobs, I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. Like every yeah, single time. It's right? easy. It's <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah. But like everyone I've talked to on this podcast, <laughs> knowing when this one thing is done could be tough. Do you remember the moment you were like, yo, I'm out of here? Yeah, I do. I really do remember the moment. I had just found out he was a boy. I was so every day. All day. Like, I would just make stuff. I, I would make pillows for the house. Like, I just would make stuff. I knew. But I'm just like, yo. When, especially when demand became extremely too high with all these changes to what I originally created. That, I could not could not keep taking that. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm officially done. I'm not doing this anymore. Did you. Wow. So, yeah, people who wanted your stuff. How do you even let folks know? I preferably would just disappear. Honestly, I did because remember I was pregnant. So I'm like, no, I'm, I did disappear. I disappeared. I did. 
<laughs> so <laughs> were people reaching out? Are you still good? Like, what, can we get some designs? Or? Yeah, like people still reach out to me to this day. Like literally two, two, two days ago. Can you please design this for me? Can you please just step into your designer bag? And I'm just like, I don't know, man, because here you come with the designs. Like you, here you come with the demands. I don't know. Yeah. It's just something that I'm just not into anymore. But like when it comes to me, like something that I need tweaking or want to wear, I'm going to do that all day because yeah. it's fun for me. Yeah. So you finished that. And then did you like chill? Have, while you were pregnant, the baby, did you immediately jump into something else? No, I chilled out for a minute. I ended up went back into working, like the corporate world. I went out and got some jobs. We did a lot of traveling between me and my husband's jobs, so that was pretty fun. <clears throat> Came back, got a job, and then I ended up getting pregnant again. Pregnancy for me that time was rough than for my son, so I really had to chill. I really couldn't do anything, and that's when once you completely can't do anything, you start to overthink about the things that you should have did. And um, not being able to do nothing made me realize that what I was doing, I did not want to do. That's not what. I was here to do. That's that's not my calling. I started to put game plans together when I got pregnant with my daughter. Got back in school, got accepted into one of the schools that I wanted to be in like my entire life, which is Jackson C. Smith University because it's an HBCU. Nice. I don't and, know why I'm um, saying nice. I even go to HBCU. My wife. Does, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. You but know like, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but it but being there, like being there, taught me a lot. Being there showed me a lot. And I went for business management because I knew I wanted to. I knew I wanted to start a business. I knew business is what I wanted to do. That is what I wanted to do. Being at Johnson C. Smith University with a newborn, like with a newborn, some days having to take her to class with me and my and those black teachers being okay. And being in that safe space, it really gave me the courage to be like, you know what? I can step out and do whatever it is that I want to do. Inside the house was always, the name was always there because the f- name of my first company was House of Black Roses. Okay. And I had, I wanted to call my, the big space inside of the house. Like when you come to the studio, it would be called, it would be called Inside of the House. So that name was always there. I ended up starting a blog with it, like just telling my everyday stories about being a mom, going to school and stuff like that. And postpartum depression hit me in the midst of all of that. And so that's when I realized that, okay, you need to create something like you need to do you need to do something to channel this energy, to channel these thoughts. And I started making candles. There's so much. There's so much there. Yeah, because like it happened just yeah, it happened just like that. So you're you started school. Actually, first things first. Describe postpartum depression because it's actually something that like scares me because I don't know a lot about it. Being being married, my mom tells me about it. I don't. I get it, but I don't get it. What is it? Like, yeah, what's it really like? For me, it for me it was just me not being used to being in that space. Like I wasn't used to even though I had a son and and I did not go through postpartum with him in the beginning a lot had it has to do with where you're at mentally like mentally I was that pregnancy was tough for me already I was sick a lot I was in the hospital a lot with her so I was in the hospital up until I had her so I still was battling and battling with that and then bringing her home getting used to being a mother of two my husband at the he was working a lot of hours at the time because he had just got a new position you know how that goes we're just trying to get the ball rolling here in life it just was a lot of changes at one time and um it had that's basically how i got into that depression started to 
go into that postpartum depression. I just wasn't used to having to balance so much at one time and not knowing how to ask for help. Once I got come, once I, I made the decision one day just to, tell, just to tell my husband, like, hey, I'm not where I need to be. And which is a blessing to have him not judge me because most people be like, hey, what is that? Like, that's you just acting crazy. There's no like, I'm just not sure how to balance all of these things that I got going on in life. And I need help. So it was a blessing to have him at that point. Yeah, shout out to you. I realized that postpartum depression was here. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to you. What's his name? Demonte. Shout out to Demonte. Good job. I I hate, I have friends like my wife and I will talk about, like we're in the process of trying. We'll talk about. By the way, I hate when people say we're in the process of trying. That just means that we're like having sex. Let's be real. Two in the game. <laughs> I know what trying looks like. But it, I, it's easy to think about having a baby like it's this thing, right? Because you talk about it flippantly. Mm-hmm. You watch movies. Someone has a baby, but it's a very involved process, and I couldn't imagine yes. like having something growing inside of you. You give birth. It's like a party. Your whole life changes it for nine months. Your whole your diet mm-hmm. life changes. And I just feel like there's got to be something triggering about that emotionally that you're like, it's out. All right, it's out. Now what? Now immediately you, your modes have to change. You have this baby. Our bodies are healing. Yeah. Like we, you, your body is already doing crazy stuff because honestly, like you just said, we just birthed a whole baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. So like your body is just trying to balance out. It's, it was very emotional for me. I can't speak for most women, but it was an emotional thing for me because I had worked so hard to get her here because I, it was most days I didn't think I was going to make it because I was extremely sick carrying her. So it was very, it was an emotional thing for me. Like my husband even says he felt like I was in postpartum before I even had her because of the signs that I was showing him now that he knows his, now that he did his research, he was like, I feel like you were there before you even had her. Because it was, I just was that deep in, like, I was a train wreck. Yeah. I was in a, most women get to enjoy their pregnancy. Pregnancy is a beautiful thing. But being in the hospital and being sick, it's just, oh my gosh. I don't even know if I'm going to make it. So, yeah. It was an emotional battle for me. That's why. I feel like postpartum hit me the way it did. Shout out to you for going through that, coming out, and also still working on the things you want to work on or had to work on throughout that process. I like honestly, that's really admirable, and that's something like I. My mom's like my superhero, so I try to give credit where credit's due. My mom put in a lot of work with two boys running around the house crazily, and. I see a lot of my past guests, uh, not a lot, I say a good a good chunk have been a single mom, or at least some have been single mothers, and I just don't want to just overlook that it's a, from what they're doing. You're not a single mother, but you're still a mother, and you had to go I was raised by a single mother, <laughs> so, so I've, I know. So you, I know. Like, kudos to you for balancing all that and going through bi- businesses <laughs> and school and all of that and keeping your sanity because I can do it. Like I can barely, like I just couldn't do it whatsoever. So I just want to say what you did. That's pretty amazing. I don't know if you ever look back, but that's pretty crazy. Every that's day. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> every day is a blessing. I wake up every day and I'm grateful from the space of men because it was days I didn't know that I would be here. And, and shout out to my husband because it takes partnership. Like, um, if it wasn't for him doing his own research and not judging me for something that he knows nothing about, like he knew nothing about it. I didn't even know much about it because I didn't deal with the, that when I had my son. 
I didn't. So research, time, like actually communicating, those are a lot of things that help me get to where I'm at. Being able to use my voice, being able to listen without having the urge to speak first, like and vice versa with my husband. It took a lot of understanding to get here. So it was definitely teamwork. Definitely teamwork. Cool. So I like how you talked about how the candle making came from that. Before, I do want to give a chance to shout out John C. Smith. What was that like being there? Yeah. What was your experience like this time around it when you went to John C. Smith? I loved it. Like, I loved everything about it, especially being surrounded by black people, being taught by black people. I was taught Spanish by black by black men. <laughs> and he was fluent. He was fluent in three different languages. Like, how amazing is that? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. I'm that. I thought I would never experience anything like that. My Spanish teacher, Spanish two in college, was a black man. That's cool. That, like, I walk around and see people just like me. Like, I wasn't the only mom like showing up for herself and her family every day at that school. So it, it felt very empowering. It had a lot to do with my healing. I even took a yoga class where I had to bring my daughter. With, with My teacher would walk around with her tied to her stomach and let me just zen out and do what I had to do in class. We're so respectful. I'm about to cry a little bit. That's uh, okay. Yeah, do it. <laughs> they were very respectful of my space, very encouraging. I did not want ever miss a day. If I couldn't, I wouldn't. So I showed up because they showed up for me. Nice. Shout out to John C. Smith. So you're... You were so you were going there right when you, your daughter was born. That's when that's mm-hmm. here. But you were making candles too to help with like you said your postpartum depression. You were making candles to yeah. keep. So it's like you're starting the framework for inside the house with the candles. You're doing that while you're at Johnson C Smith. Yes. Okay. All this is going on while we're there. Yeah. Let me break this. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of move. Yeah. All right, yeah. It's yeah. Like I said, like we uh, we move. We've been moving around a lot with this job, which is fun because we get to see a lot of places. But we've been in. I got accepted into Johnson C Smith and started going there. We moved to Florida 2019. 2019. Okay. Yes. 2019. Okay. When I moved down here. Now, I forgot to mention some stuff. I was also working. Oh, so you were working over. Wow. Yeah. When I when we was living in North Carolina, I was also working overnight as well. So when we moved to or Florida, he had got a new job and my job was supposed to transfer because I had just got a promotion with my job. So when I got here, that did not work out. They did not transfer me. It just was a lot of miscommunications. So that did not work out. And so I had to figure out what it was that I was going to do to make income. Like, I like having my own money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I needed to figure out a way that, for one, I can replace that time because that was routine. It also was a, another part of my healing as well. Like getting on a, so I needed to find something to balance out all that. So when we moved down here, for me previously living here already, because mm-hmm. I went to fashion school here, I knew a couple of people. I ended up getting in contact with this girl who was doing pop-up shops. I did my first pop-up shops. I sold candles for $3, like to see if people would like the scents and stuff like that. And I ended up selling. Social media is a big thing. So I started to post about the pop-up shop on Facebook, Instagram, anything that I can get it on. I was posting it and telling people about it. And I end up doing a pre-sale, which sold out as well. 
So I'm like, okay, this can be a thing. Um, which it ended up being a thing. I ended up selling out like every week after that. I, we, me and my husband went in and my mom, they invested as well and got me some candle wax jars, like a whole bunch of supplies so I can keep up with demand. And that didn't last long. I ended up selling out of that. So I'm like, okay, we got something going on. And so did my mom, my husband. They're like, oh, we got something. You have something here. Like the people are loving the candles. So that's how we got started. And about six months after that, I ended up buying an C because I had already made over $15,000. This is just on like cash app. I didn't even have a platform. I just was like selling on Instagram and people were DMing their orders and cash at me. So I'm like, wait, this is something. This is happening. And I got my LLC. Okay, this is where I got to hate on you because that's, let's just, this is why I love all of my guests that are on this show. We've had contract work on this show, thankfully. Shout out to Ujima Project, an amazing organization, gave us opportunity to do work. Moonlighters Club ain't making dollars like that. 15, geez. I love how you just casually was like, yeah, I made that 15. Geez, I like that. That's what's up. That's awesome. <laughs> like that it wasn't. I made, yeah, that was, that's like the first year, like, of, like, just cash app transaction. But when I got a website, I made $20,000 that first year. See, and what I like about it, though, is that we're talking about it, like, what, <laughs> People see success and they'll be like, oh, you made 15K, 20K. Oh, I can do that. But what they don't see is everything that happened before that. And it's just from the 25 minutes we've been on, a lot led up to you even coming up with this idea in the first place. And the fact that you were in school, a parent, as well as working, you said overnight. And it's like, would you trade that? I mean, that all that sounds good. All that, all the sales sound great. But with the average person trade tit for tat to get that end result and that's what i think separates folks because it can get really stressful and hard and lonely and you there's sometimes you do have to persevere through things or just take losses or stop doing things to figure out how to get to that point so congratulations on that the first year that you earned it like it was just figuring that out thank you it's hard work and a lot of people don't i'm having that um I've been having that conversation a lot with my peers because a lot of people think that that things are easy. This is easy. They like because I guess a lot of entrepreneurs, well, entrepreneurs do make this look easy. Like yeah. we do, we make it look like it's simple because that that's hard. That's what hard works look like. That's hard work looks simple. Consistency looks simple to you, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I made a statement like it's. I'm, I had to tell my peers, as I said, I was having a conversation with them. I'm proud of them for showing up every day because it's hard showing up for something that you just don't see yet. Yeah. Like it's hard making that commitment for things like even when it's when things are not even lining up, but you're still showing up. Yeah. And that's what people don't see. People don't see that. So, yeah. yeah. So how long does it take you to make candle? Not long. We've the process is very easy now because we have to keep up with demand. I'm actually sold out right now and trying to get a restock together. But process to make candles is not hard. It's not it's not long. You do it all in your house? Yes. Nice. I do it all at home right now. Nice. How do you schedule it? Is this something you do? You got a little time today or you know, because we make when I got them, make candles Fridays, I make candles and then I'm not going to do anything for other days. 
Mondays, we work on marketing, finalizing marketing, checking emails. Tuesdays, we pack orders. Wednesdays, we hit the post office. Thursday, we do minor restocks. And um, Friday, we just make sure everything is prepared for Monday. Yeah. It's, yeah. Who do you work on this with? Are you by yourself? My husband helps yeah. me when yeah. he comes home. Yeah. 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 And my, and my grandparents, they help me a lot. So my granddad helps me with actually melting the wax, filling the jars. My grandma helps me process emails. Um, and my husband, he just, he's an assistant. So he does pretty much everything I, yeah. <laughs> I need help with. Yeah. How old are your kids? My son is six and my daughter is three. Oh, they can get to work too. You can definitely six. You can see. <laughs> Listen, they try their hardest. They try their hardest. They really do. But I'm very particular yeah. about a lot of things. They help when they can. They like, can I put the stuff in the boxes? They do, they love doing that. Okay. They can do that. But yeah, very particular about how we how I send stuff out of here. Yeah, I can understand that. So are you folk, Are you just doing the candles thing? Are you working as well? No, I'm just doing candles. Just doing candles, good. So you can get your yes. own. What, yeah, what do you... Uh, what, do you like making them the most or do you prefer to do other things like outreach or? No, my favorite part is making them. When I'm praying for a serious team one day, <laughs> I would rather just be back there just making candles. Yeah. That's where, that's what I find therapeutic. That's what I fell in love with. Granted, I do the aspect, like I said, I like the aspect of business. I love business, but social media part of it, that. I can't wait to pay somebody to do that part. But I love the candle making part. I love filling the jars. I put flowers on top of each candle to go along with the scents. I love doing that. The personal touches, I love that part. Nice. That's my favorite part of the job. So you're like the baker. That's cool. I am. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. I am. It's funny. I'm the opposite. I like, I love doing this. We have in-person showcases and I'm playing another one for this year. I want to do Baltimore. And I like, I've hosted it before. It's fun. But I actually like reaching out to people, trying to land a sponsor, being behind the scenes, being in front of a computer. Like I, use, I, I still like this. I really do. But I'm like, no, I think it'd be cool to like find out cool ways to grow things. But I totally understand. You really do got to know what part you prefer. Then mm-hmm. once you're and you're at a good spot, like you're making revenue. So then you can go, cool. I know what I want to hire for. I know it's definitely someone to do that stuff. So I can then make it. And then at least if you're making it, it'll still be the same. Because I feel like mm-hmm. if you are solo, you're solo out here, quote unquote, a solopreneur, and you move away from the creation of the product, that's when things can change. You eat it, it's like food. Teaching someone that secret recipe, it's never going to be exactly the same as when you do it. So I feel like that may be a little tougher to step away from. So it's cool that that's what yeah, you but, enjoy. And I, of course, I have a process down where it is teachable, that it will be teachable one day. Because in order to grow, you have to have a team. So I have a process down where it's teachable, but I know my strengths and weaknesses. I know where I'm going to be able to help my company grow. Yeah. And I know also where I'm going to have to outreach and get help in order to grow in that aspect as well. My first business taught me that. I know where I want to be and I know where I also am going to need help in order to reach where I truly want to be. Yeah, I hate social media so much. I hate it. I don't even know what to put on it. I When I can do, when I that's my number one thing. I can post things, but it's like I, I work. So I'm remote. I'm here all the time mm-hmm. working. I can't, I don't even know what it's, I go nowhere. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I talk about moonlighting. If I have content like this, I'm like, oh, I, I could clip. We talked about this. 
great. But if it's not an interview, I'm like, I have no idea what you want from me. And I watch people I like like people that I'm into online. I mm-hmm. see all their just all That's their big. beautiful content. It's so amazing. It's crazy. The emoji work, the filters. It's and it's like all the time. I'm like, yo, I gotta salute because I can barely like hear his thing. And I like what the sentences I type are stupid. Oh man. If I can get someone who can do social media, that's my number one thing too. Social media and no, just social media. That's number one. Like I just it's just it's a lot. It's a thing. So it is a thing. No. And I feel like you could get a lot of help. Like you could definitely find someone who could do that because especially something mm-hmm. like candles, it could be really creative and chill. You just gotta find out what what we're doing here. But yeah, you got it. Yeah. I like what you got going on. Listen, and I'm really working hard at it until I find that person. I dedicate my whole Mondays to it. So like even Sunday, because I'm like, hold up, wait, I need to be a little prepared for Monday because I know Monday I'm going to be looking at that computer screen like, please help me. But like I've had friends who to give me ideas like Fiverr is a, is my number one go to yeah. right now because them people can do everything over there. Yeah. I very appreciate the people at Fiverr, but I really can't wait to have somebody in house, somebody that she could just text, call, yeah. even see face to face and we can teamwork and get this thing done. So do you have any goals? I know you want to add to the team. Is there anything else that you have in mind that you've been looking at that you really want to do in the near future? Yes. I actually want to help women like me, women who have dealt with postpartum depression, who are trying to find that balance in their life and just want to inspire women to not give up on themselves for one. From I just want to show women that if I can do it, that you can too. So that's had that's always been my number one goal is to to keep going because I know it's people out there like me that want to give up, but I can't because then that's going to make it okay for everybody else to, you know what I'm saying? So I want to create a lane where I just empower, empower women to, to make, to go after their goals. Because one, if one thing don't work, to keep going because something else will. So I just want to create a lane for women like that. I think it'd be great. It'd be necessary. I like I'm I, on on Twitter all the time. I just like to see the spaces for everyone. That every that people I just create. got back on Twitter. That's no, awesome. It's awesome. It's also it can be the worst place ever. I was just about to say the pe- things are weird on Twitter. Yeah, it's a lot, of, but what I do, I see a lot of t- tech stuff for Black folks. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's opportunity for people who do things like you do? Like we, I think we need more. Like we need more brick and mortar, more retail. Like it doesn't always have to be app programming, and there are honestly, I know a lot of Black women who are just doing different things and. I can support and like chip in, but there's part of the story I just can't tell as a man that I think people should be able to speak to each other about. Some of them are moms. Mm-hmm. Some of them have had postpartum depression. Some of them are trying to navigate these waters. And I think those those women know those stories the best. They know how to help the best. So I, yeah, I definitely think that's something you should look into. There's definitely a space for it. There's definitely, and the way that black women have formed a community online, and I don't know if it's make it for who you want to be, but I, the way I've seen like women foster community online is like nothing else. It's just, it's pretty amazing. So Definitely think people would respond to it really well. No, it's cr- I'm very vocal about it on my personal social medias. I've always been. It's me taking that extra step and continuing to talk about it, which I'm been trying to, but trying to balance a brand and a and which I'm realizing now would be a personal brand is a lot. I've been just again trying to find that balance to keep my message going in the business afloat. 
Yeah, so. that's what it sounds like. You need that person for that. Like, you definitely need that person to plan things out socially. Yeah. This is what we're going to talk yeah, about. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what we're going to talk about. Let's shoot it. Cool. Because it's a lot to think about. Thinking about what to post. And I hate social media, but I give it its credit. It, when it works, it's awesome. And people put a, real, a lot of work into it. But it does take mm-hmm. a lot of thought process. So... Yeah, it, yeah. I'll speak that. I'll try to speak that into existence for you. I feel like if you find someone to say, you know what, let's just plan and strategize. I I'll take it. it. Take it. You just tell. We, this is what we're going to talk about. I'll make sure we stay mm-hmm. on the course and we go from there. Because that'd be awesome for you to be able to tell that story while doing this. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, I've been working on it, finding that balance. So send the help. Send the team. I will, <laughs> folks. If you're listening. Get out there. Get it. <laughs> help. Please do. I appreciate the, the time that you spent in this conversation. I think uh, what, things move so fast and we get to a place that we don't celebrate all the victories, all no matter the size. Sometimes we just forget like how things were three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. And mm-hmm. I feel like just upon just meeting you, you've been through a lot and you made a lot of real decisions and a lot of tough decisions. And look where you are. And I think it's awesome. I think it's I think it's great. I feel like everything's connected. Everything happens for a reason. So like all that stuff had to happen for you to be where you are right now. And I think you're in a great spot. You're you can do so much more too. And it's it's just cool to it's refreshing to be able to hear that every once in a while outside of the gloom and doom noise and news that I hear every single day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I wake up and I and despite all like. I try not to get involved with all the doom and the blah because it it can over be overwhelming. So I'm grateful for my story because I have things to be grateful for. So I can just open my eyes and start seeing stuff that I'm grateful for that I didn't have three years ago. Even being in the mental space, I am grateful every day I wake up because it truly is a blessing to be mentally, physically where I'm at. Because I did not see myself here three years ago at all. You're here now, folks. This is get. Let's get these candles. Where can people find you? Where do you want people to go to support you? Socials or website? You can say all of that now. Okay, so if you go on my Instagram, welcome inside the house on Instagram. I have the link tree in my bio that will connect you to any and everything that you need. Websites, even my socials, emails. If you are interested in 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 buying candles, you can through the link tree. You can um click. Ooh, I'm getting tongue-tied. If you are interested in buying candles, the link is on the link tree. Um, yeah, everything you need is on the link tree. Nice. Yeah. Well, the gentleman heard it. Thank you so much, Lee, for sharing your story. I think that was, I think it was good to hear. There were so many good parts of it. Shout out to John C. Smith for just being supportive. That small stuff goes a long way. And how dare they not let you transfer that job? That's ridiculous. It's such a blessing. I was I was working over 50 hours a week at that job. So yeah, yeah. So it was hard work. I appreciate it. I definitely do. I learned a lot about my work ethic there as well. I don't take nothing for granted, but it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. And I felt like that, that happened for a reason. Yep. You're in a good spot now. So hopefully you can sell them some candles. Exactly. Boom. Listen, I'm st- yeah, I have actually two of them, my own managers, they're actual faithful customers. Oh, good. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Nice. So like, I didn't lose much. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is- I still have the connections. Yeah. This is why you don't quit swearing at people, because <laughs> don't burn bridges. No matter you don't what. listen. <laughs> if you can't leave the job in good standing, please do. <laughs> you never know if you have to go back. Like you yeah. never know. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. You heard Lay. I hope again. We'll, we got to find you that social media person. Thank you again for sharing everything that you shared. It's been truly inspirational, folks. Just stay tuned. We'll always have new episodes coming your way. 
Thanks again for tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you next time.